Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I'm joined by the uber talented on air broadcaster, former WWE backstage interviewer, founder of Headline by MM, and an award winning accelerated reader, Mackenzie Mitchell. Oh my How are gosh. you doing I, today? I'm good. How are you? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you threw that little nugget in there. Um, what a warm welcome. Thank you so much. I'm great. Yeah. How are you? I'm fantastic to be talking with you today. Obviously, you are a huge inspiration to me and a lot of other broadcasters. Aww. So I am I'm very honored to speak with you today. You've got a lot of things coming up that we don't know about yet, which we'll talk about in a bit. But as I kind of alluded to in the intro, I wanted to throw a little, a little nugget in there. Mackenzie isn't just great at speaking. She's also <laughs> a boss at accelerated reading in elementary oh, school and probably still is. Um, but you literally won an award for that in the first grade. I did. So I did. And there's a, there's a plaque that's still on the elementary school wall from winning this accelerated reader. I was always in the car when I was a kid, I was like in gymnastics and cheerleading and dance and all the sports, all the things. And so I had so much time in the car. So I would just read and I became like, it was like a obsessive thing that I was just reading these books and then testing on accelerated reader the next day. And I ended up winning a, an award for it. How crazy. Are you still in talk about that in a minute? <laughs> Are you still an avid reader? Would you say I know you you're you're always on the road all the time. So maybe I don't know. No, I listen to podcasts more than I listen Ooh. to um than I do anything else. But yeah, I wish I could say I kept that trait and I kept that skill as I went on in life, but I did not. It was just for the fun of it, I think. I think I made it a personal competition. There we go. Yeah, you know, I mean, we'll dive into podcasts because there's a lot, there's a lot of them. There's self-help, there's true crime, obviously there's wrestling, you know, there's, there's lifestyle. What kind of podcasts do you find yourself gravitating towards? So I've really been loving the Mel Robbins podcast lately. I don't know if you've heard of her, but I think she's such an empowering woman and, and an entrepreneur, um, a mother, a, a wife. She does all of the things. And so I've really loved some of her podcasts. I think she's excellent to listen to. Um, I also am an entrepreneur, obviously. We've talked, yes. we'll get into all of that, but I... Um, have been loving the small business growth podcast. I think that's another one that's really nice to listen to. So I love to listen into the self-help, into the educational thing when I'm on the road or when I've just got some time or I'm packing orders or whatever. That's kind of what I'm diving into lately. Well, let's talk about that. You know, outside of this wrestling sphere, like you said, you obviously own and you are the founder of Headline by MM. Your family obviously has, has a lengthy history in the jewelry industry. Mm -hmm. So your passion for that came very natural. But when it comes to designing your pieces for Headline, what does your creative process look like coming to launching and marketing Headline? Where do you look to for inspo? Oh, girl, it's a lot. So I take it from everything. Um it kind of depends on what the collection is going to look like or what ideas I have. So I just launched a rad retro collection. So it kind of had an homage to the seventies, eighties and nineties. Um, so I looked for like on Pinterest, I don't know if you still do Pinterest, but I still am a big Pinterest girl. I love to go in and create my boards. A lot of them are secret, but I like to go in and, and have my inspiration there. Um, but I take inspiration from everything. I, my first collection was the drip collection, which you've probably seen on Seth Rollins, Trick Williams, which that's now part of his entrance. He has the gold yeah. and silver that he just, put, he wears it every, basically every time he's going to the ring. Um, you've seen it on everyone. But I thought the drip collection would be really unique and different because it would put a different spin on um, a hoop earring or something you really haven't seen a ton on the market. So 
for, I take inspiration from everywhere, but I think it's just kind of how I'm feeling in the moment. I have a collection that's coming out in January. I'll show you here. It, I don't know if you can see it, yeah, but it's her. the her ring. And so my slogan for the new year is going to be new year, new her, I, kind of an, a renaissance, if you will. Now I'm curious for the drip collect drip collection specifically, did you take any input from i would say uh, there's two masters of the drip in wrestling obviously one is seth rollins but another is your good <laughs> friend john hennigan john morrison he's a million oh different my names gosh. did you look to him at all or did he give you any input in this i feel like he had do to you know do you know that john has messaged me being like hey i need some jewelry hey i need some jewelry hey when are you gonna make a men's line and that's a goal i have for 2024 because i've had so many of my guy friends and men in general that have said really hard to find good men's jewelry please make a men's specific collection so that's kind of on the books for 2024 johnny drip drip didn't have any involvement in my drip collection no. it was all kind of my brainchild, mm -hmm. but it makes a lot of sense and it had to get on seth rollins i was like he called himself the drip god for a reason so whenever um i was coming out with the drip collection i messaged seth and he was like yeah of course i've been looking into wearing necklaces more often so he wore it um on raw which was really cool no, that's a that's a dream match of mine personally. I feel like you have to have the master of the drips just going in there, and and you know they can I be know. wearing headline <laughs> in their entrances on the way down. That I feel like is a dream match. Maybe that's just absolutely. Really I agree. Maybe we'll manifest that and put that into the universe. Exactly. Right? Now, one piece in particular I wanted to talk about is this beautiful ring named Center Stage. It's not just a okay. piece, but it's also pretty innovative because it has a built-in fidget spinner to help reduce stress so and anxiety. And she's, she's wearing it for us today. I found there this really cool because I've never really seen an element like that tied into a jewelry piece. So can you talk about more about the motivation behind this decision and that little built-in function? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my pieces I like to have uh, be functional and versatile and have different purposes. So you're not just wearing it once. And then what do you do with it? You put it in your closet, you maybe bring it out again. I want it to feel like they can be everyday bold pieces when I'm coming up with headline pieces. So the fidget spinner was kind of a no brainer for all the people that have stress and anxiety. Um, my mom has, she kind of got the sample. She stole the sample when I first got it because she loved it so much. So hers is just like, I mean, been out of shape whatever because she spins it constantly so it's a way to have a different connection to your jewelry rather than just wearing it for just the purpose of it looking nice um my friend ashley snell uh she and i have gotten really close over this past year when i was coming out with the fidget spinner with the center stage spinner ring she and i had like i said became friends and her husband and two sons are artistic and so um, they just discovered that they have a foundation and nonprofit. And so I came up to Ashley and I said, I think this would be really cool for us to do this together and, and bring awareness to the autistic community, um, and awareness. And so we came up with the spinner ring of what colors, what sizes, and it has just really taken off. And so many people love it because it's just multi-purpose. It's multifaceted. Yeah. And kind of in your own realm, if you're comfortable talking about it, can you talk about your, you know, keeping your own mental health in a good place, or if you are having a down period in your life, how do you personally lift yourself back up? Obviously that helps a little bit with the everyday anxiety, sure. but can you talk about your own mental health for a little bit? Well, this year and it's in itself has been probably the hardest year of my life. I can be very honest there and say, we lost my husband's father. It's just been like a roller coaster. Yeah. And then I lost my job in December. So it's been a lot of ups and downs, but I think that, 
I try to stay positive in that and, and view it as a new beginning, as a way to kind of open a new chapter when one door closes and other opens. So I really just take the time to invest in myself and whether that's a massage or a walk or whatever, whatever feels right for me in the moment is how I adjust and how I adapt to that because I, life is hard these days and social media in itself is a whole nother world to dive into, but um, I just, I try to really take care of me when I need to take care of myself. I do that. However, that feels right for me. You know, with the name of headline though, when you launched your business last June, you emphasized the importance of not only standing out, but also being bold and being brave. Hence the name headline. I wanted right. to talk about the concept of being bold in a couple of ways. Firstly, within the sphere of jewelry and fashion, can you describe your boldest fashion choice that you've ever made? Oh my gosh. Well, I can talk about an experience that I had. I think it was deadline last year. I wore a really big, like floofy dress. Um, it was made of tulle. And so it was uh, like a cream color. And yeah. so many people didn't know how to respond to me. A lot of men didn't know how to like say, oh, I just, I like your dress. They said, well, don't you look like a Christmas present or, oh, this is an interesting choice or whatever. And I, I don't know, I like to take risks in my fashion because I think if you're not taking a risk, then you're not even trying. So I like to put together different pieces that may not go together, but you would be like, oh, I would have never picked that on my closet and put two and two together. Um, so I think that the tool dress was one because I got a lot of response from people. Women loved it. Men were just confused and didn't know how to respond. Um, but I also, I don't know if it's a risk exactly or one that I've taken that's been like, will this work or will it's not? I've taken some of my, my family's dresses and mm. it was my aunt's homecoming dress. And I don't remember what the pay-per-view was exactly, but it's like a hot pink dress that's strapless that had a bunch of different colors and sequins on it. And I got to wear it for a pay-per-view. Um, but it was my aunt's homecoming dress from the 1990s. And then I had it taken in and then rewore it for something. I think it's really special to bring back fashion because what's old can be new again. I'm curious for you, what are some of your, maybe one of them's behind you. What is one of your, a uh, couple of your fashion inspos? Dua Lipa, 100%. She is my favorite. Uh, she's my favorite musician. I love her in general. I think she's so great in her performance. If I could get headline on her, I would love to get headline on Dua Lipa. Um, Dua Lipa, Casey Musgraves, um, Kelsey Ballerini and some oh, I way love Kelsey so much and and let me just tell you if you haven't seen it go see Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour in theaters I went with a couple friends and it was game changing I was like wow I didn't realize how um, inspiring and how involved she is in her tour it was insane so she's another Beyonce is another inspiration I have I, you know, she's just has iconic looks, you know, like I feel like she's never had, I mean, we've all had our own, you know, moments, but I feel like for the most part, she's slayed like her entire career. So, and wait till you see the Renaissance tour. It is mm -hmm. like, wow, it's very eye opening. Mm -hmm. It's very inspirational. It makes you want to get to work. She's such a motivator. Mm -hmm. um, and to see how involved she is, like I said, from all of the production standpoint to then going on and putting on a performance, it's actually, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm curious for you, besides adding maybe some of those names to the headline clientele, you talk about obviously her is going to be launching coming up. What are some of your goals or plans for headline in the new year? So I am 
currently in the process of getting um, a custom piece on someone. I cannot tell you who, but it would be really awesome in the music industry. So I've made a custom piece for her already. It's in her possession. It's just a matter of when um, it will come out. Um, and I, I want to continue just to build my brand. I think now I have a clear focus and I'm able to just put all my efforts and creative abilities into headline and see where I can take it and what I can create and what heights it can be taken to. Mm, we look forward to that, obviously. I know, I can't say, I can't say. <laughs> we'll talk about the music industry a bit later because you did live in, in Nashville for a hot minute. But, you know, talking about bold, in from a personal and professional standpoint, you know, maybe it's taking that, that leap to the wrestling industry. I don't know. But what do you think has been the boldest or maybe one of the boldest decisions that you've made in your life? I would have to say moving to Los Angeles. Mm. Um I lived in Nashville, like you said, for three yeah. years. I absolutely loved it. And I always knew if I didn't move to LA and do that when I was single and like had some, and had the opportunity to go and just mm -hmm. chase, my, chase my dreams and do it for myself, I would have stayed in Nashville forever. And I think it was such a bold decision because right out of college, I moved right to Nashville from Mississippi and it felt safe. I mean, I was only a few hours away, yeah. but moving across the country from Tennessee to California was on my own to say that I it was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm making this happen for myself. And I learned a lot. I grew a lot. Um, I don't think I'll ever live in Los Angeles again, but Hey, I did that for myself and then got my job with WWE while I was in Los Angeles. So it was a, it was a roller coaster, but also a lot of growing years, I should say, throughout my 20s. Especially in the place like Los Angeles, I feel like a lot of, I'm curious for you, what was, a lot of people who moved to Los Angeles have aspirations for like the music industry, entertainment. Maybe I know you, you love the entertainment industry. Was that kind of your motivation for moving to LA? Or can you talk about the reasoning behind that decision? Well, this is a funny story. When I was, I want to say it was 20, I was still in high school. I was the face of Giovanni. Do you know what Giovanni is? Giovanni is a pageant and prom dress, yeah. like wedding dress company. So I was the, their face. And it was mm. 2011, I think, was an, I, I was their face. So I would have been in was a junior in high school. And they flew me to Los Angeles. I was in their catalogs, um, one of their billboards. So I was doing some modeling for them in Los Angeles. And my mom always says, me growing up, no matter where we would go, I would go, oh, I, I think I can see myself living here. I would go to New York. Oh, I, I think I could live here. And then I would go to Dallas. I'd go, oh, I think I could live here too. And then I went to LA and I'm like, this, this, I would definitely love to live in LA. So it was kind of a dream um, when I was younger to be able to go to LA, do the, do the scene, figure it out, see what I can conquer and just have like that California girl moment. And I did. And um, I'm thankful for that because I don't think I would have done that now at this point in my life, but I was able to do that when I was younger, have my time there, meet the people, um, hang out with the stars, do all of those experiences, and then now have a different version of myself and a different life. Besides modeling, I'm curious, what other projects and ventures did you get involved in while you were in Los Angeles? Oh, man. Um, well, I worked with Fox Sports West for a while. Yes. I was doing some of their live tweeting um, for the Angels. I was kind of like clipping and working on the social media side of things. So I was working with them for a little bit. Um, I've always said it, it is at a certain point in my life, I'd love to get my cosmetology license. 
and just get to learn hair. And I already love makeup and fashion and all of the girly things. So I'd love to get my degree or my cosmetology license just to be able to dive into that as a plan B one day. So I worked at a salon doing their social media and helping with reception and, and getting to do some influencer marketing and stuff with them. So it was, it was not, it was nothing on camera. Although I will say one time, um, with the salon, they said, Hey, we need somebody to go on camera and talk about these shampoo bottles. And I was like, cake, give it to me. Let me do it. And then that's when they all realized like, Oh, wow, you actually could really have a career. Like this, you're good at this. Why didn't you tell us all of these things? And I'm like, well, I just, I have my work with, I had my work with impact at the time and had done some other outside work on camera, but everybody then went like, wow, okay, this makes sense. This is why you're, you want to be a broadcaster. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny, you know, the story of how that kind of happened with you in English class and, you know, the teacher kind of stepping yep. in and being like, you should do this. You know, I, I'm curious that when you entered Old Miss, you obviously had your initial site set on geriatric physical therapy. You'd made the change to broadcasting and journalism. But wh what were your career aspirations growing up? What did little Mackenzie envision the older version of herself doing when she got older? Well, from the moment that I could talk, I had a microphone in my hand. So when I was younger, I did pageant pageantry. I was always on stage. I would um, create choreo choreography for dance routines and I would make my whole family sit down and I would create like programs. And then I would ask for their payment to be able to get into my show. Yeah. Um, so I was doing this when I was younger. So this is nothing that was out of the norm for me as I got older. It just kind of was natural. I was always performing. I loved that that spotlight, being in the spotlight, I should say. And so when I was going to college, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe geriatric physical therapy would be good. I did some shadowing. I love working with elderly people. And then I was like, what am I, what am I doing? I hate math and science. I'm really, really not good at math and science. And the, the classes I was having to take the science classes just weren't a fit. And then that's when I was like, I've always been good at this. Why not just embody the skills that I'm really good at and just take, take it by storm. So I did. And you certainly have taken it by storm, my friend. And, you know, as Thank it pertains you. to your work in broadcasting, specifically with interviews, I know you pride yourself on the art of storytelling. So I'm mm -hmm. curious for you, is there a certain interview that you conducted you felt really conveyed a compelling story and why? Yeah, there's a few. Um, everybody talks about my moment with Javier Bernal because I think that was one of my first opportunities um, to really get to express who I was on camera too, because you always, it, it's interesting as an interviewer, you want the superstar to have their moment, but then you look at someone like Renee Young, who is just, she's a different, she's in a different league. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's the, it's her nonverbal. It's the way you communicate whenever you're not saying anything at all. I think that's so important as an interviewer, because that allows you to connect to an audience and connect to people where they don't even know what it is. They don't know why they like you, but they like you and they can't, they can't put their finger on it. And I think with Javier, I was able to lead it, lead the interview rather than just stand back and say, what are your thoughts? Because I think there's so many times in, in wrestling where it's an easy answer. It's an easy question, I should say. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? What are you planning to do? What's next for you? You've heard it time and time again. But I, it allowed me to express who I was as Mackenzie Mitchell, as an on-air personality with the Javier Bernal. And then we look at Grayson Waller. I was able to bounce back and, back and forth off of him and then Wesley and a, on a positive note because yeah. – 
a lot of the heels and, and Grayson and Javier, I had a lot of conversation with them back and forth that was just banter because I just was allowed to just say, he would say one thing, I'd bounce off of him and say another. And a lot of it wasn't, it wasn't scripted. Yeah. It was able to just have that natural flow. Um, and then when we look at Wesley with the high fives, that just naturally happened one day. I don't know how, I don't even remember the moment of where the high five came from. And then it stuck and then people loved it and they took to it. And Wes and I took to it to where Wes was like, because you know, you can't high five anybody else. Like this is our thing only. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not mad at it. Let's do it. So I'm really thankful that I got to have those experiences on camera to show who I was as a personality. And I mean, now you're going to have to come up with a, a new tradition with wherever, you know, you end up next. I have, uh -huh. we have no idea, but we are excited for that. Taking a bit of a, a step back of the programming that you've watched in the wrestling sphere, has there been a particular storyline or angle that you found yourself fascinated by or drawn into? Oh, let me think about this for a moment. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, whenever you saw, this is going to take it back a minute. When you saw Undisputed Era kind of separate, I think that was really interesting. And it's something relatable because people believe it. I think that people can all relate to it. I think with wrestling, it, when you see friends, you look at Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade, that's another one. When they're real life friends and you know that, and there's that moment where they're like, oh, they were besties. And then they don't like each other. Everyone can relate to that. So for like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, when it was finally their time um, to have the spotlight, to have the main event moments, I think that that was really relatable for people because everybody's had a fallout with their best friend yeah. and then had to figure out how to recover. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these stories transcend reality, you know, especially my favorite ones. I love the comedy angles, too, but it's it's always those ones that you can feel like related to, you know. And so mm -hmm. everybody, like you said, has had that and you kind of being kind of on site when all of that was kind of dispersing was really probably really cool to see all the dynamics. But you mentioned in your answer to the previous question about, you know, making yourself count when you're not talking, you know, those, those non-verbals, your reactions. One person we know is great at that, that you are very good friends with. She's great at telling stories. That is Chelsea Green. I call her, you know, she's the queen <laughs> of facials, honestly. You've grown close to Chelsea through working with her in Impact and then WWE. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on her return to WWE in 2023 and your take on her current run following her return at the Rumble. Well, I think I was probably one of the first people that she told that she was coming back to WWE because yeah. I knew months before that she yeah. was at, before she actually made the return. Um, Chelsea was my very first interview. I think my first written article, I should say, first written interview. Because when I was yeah. at Impact, I used to write articles on the website. Yes. And so she was the first person that um, I interviewed for the website. And then we just instantly became friends. Like it was really easy we just got along. I would stay at her and Matt's house when I would come down for impact tapings. And throughout the years, we've been friends for almost eight years. And so that's a lot of time. She and Matt and she and Matt were at my wedding as well as yeah. uh, John Morrison and Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. And so it's really, um, 
beautiful to get to develop those relationships through wrestling. But now we don't even really talk about wrestling. We're just friends. She's just one of my best friends. Um, But I'm so proud of her and all of that she's accomplished because I think she got a little cut short in her time in WWE. She broke her arm and then she broke it again. And then I don't know if she broke it three total times or two, but I know it kind of felt a little like a little, it was kind of a bummer for her because she didn't get to have those moments that she really wanted. So now um, with her being a former WWE tag team title or tag team champion, I guess I should should say, I'm so excited for her and what's to come in the future. And I'm proud of all that she's done. You know, I have to give her kudos too. I mean, I've known Chelsea for a couple of years now as well. You know, all those setbacks, despite all of that, you know, she, she never gave up. She was bold too. You know, she kept knocking at that door until they let her back in. And, and, and too, sorry, sorry. I think yeah. I, I don't know if I actually answered your, your question in the fullest of talking about her acting ability, Yeah, but I know she's taken some acting class and yeah. classes and they have tremendously paid off. I'll tell her all the time. I'm like, Chelsea, it's just, I can tell you're reacting in a way that it just is different it's a different that you're coming across on screen as compared to to um other people in a situation or surrounding and i think it's really paid off and her hard work is showing through and and i have to give her kudos to kind of leads into you know she was faced with you know an unfortunate it didn't turn into a setback, but Sonya Deville going down with injury right after mm-hmm. she and Sonya won the women's tag team titles. But then for Piper to step up and Chelsea to also step up and kind of uh, not coexist, but just kind of thrown together tag team, they worked out so well. You know, Piper is this brooding force. Chelsea, Chelsea is acting and and her wrestling as well. I feel like really cultivated some fun moments in that run. You know, they they made the most out of an unfortunate situation. I I think that, you know, I don't know, I maybe I'm biased, but I think that they were really underrated and had a great run as champs and unfortunately came to an end in December. But what a run totally. they had, you know? And and I loved having them at NXT. It's always fun when my friends yeah. get to cut when they were coming down to NXT because I have my friends there. I love Roxanne. I love Cora. So I was kind of spending Tuesdays with them, but also just getting to spend time with Chelsea was really cool. And to, and to get to know Piper, I didn't really know her totally well, but got to know her really well. And she's so kind. Um, but I always, Chelsea will always go, Ken's, what did you think of my match? Because for me, I'm not analytical. I'm not like, I don't know. However, I've never been in the ring. So I don't know what every move feels like. I don't know what it should be, all the specifics of things, but I will tell her in the way that I think that it would, would be or how I felt that the match went. And so I'm like, she laughs, but I go, well, I think you guys really look like a team. She's like, cool. I like to hear that because then it allows someone that's not particularly an involved wrestling fan. If they were just to flip on the channel, what would they see? So that's my way that I'll always tell Chelsea in my version of what I think about the match or the show or whatever segment. Yeah. And, you know, NXT had a a lot of great moments. And one of the, I would say, dare I say, maybe the biggest show this year was the Tuesday Night War is October 10th. You had The Undertaker, you had John Cena, Mm -hmm. LA Knight, Paul Heyman, Cody Rhodes. You know, you were backstage at that moment. Do you, what are some of your takeaways from that experience? I don't know if you maybe ran into The Undertaker at all, but tell us about that experience of working behind the scenes that night. Well, it, we called it NXT Mania because it yeah. truly was an 
an NXT WrestleMania. It was those were the types of shows that you everybody was tuning in to watch to see. Um, that was it was really cool. It was really um, different to see the likes of John Cena just going around and saying, "Hey, how are you guys? Nice to meet you. I'm John." Or Undertaker just having his bike casually there backstage. That's just that's not a that's not a typical Tuesday, I should say. Um, so it was the the buildup of the excitement heading into that show. Um, not to put a damper on this, but the same day that we had NXT Mania, my husband's father passed yeah. away. And so it was a wild whirlwind of a day because we had so much to look forward to, but we also had the damper of what we had to then get into the following week. And so um those are the moments when I was thankful that I was working with my husband because we were there for each other throughout the day to have our downtime and then be able to go, okay, now go kill it. Do, do your best today. Or let's just, let's see what we can do um, and be there for each other. And, you know, props to him, you know, it's, I mean, I lost my grandma earlier this year and I, it's a different dynamic, but I was very close with her. So I can imagine, you know, especially when you're at work, you know, and trying to deal with that. So kudos to him. He continues to do great work alongside Booker T. I really enjoy their Tuesday banter going on there. Banter. It's one of the highlights. It's, it's really fun to see. And I'm curious for you, you know, you said too, with, uh, with Chelsea, you know, you're not like per se an, an analyst per se you didn't come into this industry as an already wrestling fan and I don't know if this is still true to this day but you previously cited Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair at WWE Evolution as your favorite match of yep. all time first of all does this still absolutely. ring true for you I think so absolutely I think that was the first match um that was 2019 right 2018 was that 2018 that was 2018 I was living in Los Angeles um and that was the first time I was really like, oh man, I, I want to get to WWE because I think with Impact, I was just learning and yeah. just absorbing and just taking on whatever I could learn and put my head down for the wrestling industry. And people would say, oh, do you want to get to WWE? Do you want to get to WWE? And my answer was like, yeah, I'm happy here in Impact, but I think one day I want to get to, I want to make it to the majors. I want to get to WWE. That was the first match that I watched and I was like, wow, I think it's a transformation of when people were taking women's wrestling a little bit more seriously yeah. and showing that they can be such strong competitors and they can show up in the ring just as the men. And that match made such an impact. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. Um, so that one for sure is still one of my favorites of all time. I'm curious, as you, you know, you've watched Impact, watched WWE, done your studying, what other matches do you find yourself enthralled by when you think about them? Well, I remember, um, not remember, there's one that stands out as well, also includes Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai at In Your House. That one was just like blew your mind. I have a poster I think, of that, of, of a moment of that, but you can't see it, but it's you? over there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that blows your mind. And, it, and it's so cool because getting to be backstage and sitting with other talent, um, and also to see like, okay, so I get to see what the fans are saying online, how these yeah. fans are interacting and being an on-screen host or being an announcer, I was able to go out and kind of sit as a fan, but also then weasel my way backstage too, and then have the experiences to see how people reacted. And there are those moments like the, in your house match that you're just like, man, it's just like, 
people really respond and they care about it. And those are game changing matches for people. As of recently, um, Lyra Valkyria with Rhea Ripley, like she really, like she just put herself on the map. And so, and I've known Lyra for years. And so it was really cool to get to see her and just her set a tone and go, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. As again, somebody who entered the wrestling space with minimal knowledge of the industry, you obviously took it upon yourself to study not only the current product, but also the history and the terminology and all of that. After a while, I feel like your job as a wrestling broadcaster wasn't just a job anymore. You came to love the world and the industry around you. So what exactly made you fall in love with the art of professional wrestling? Do you remember a particular moment that kind of flipped the switch where this became more than a job and you realized, wow, I actually love wrestling I don't know if there's a particular moment but I definitely can say there's a click that happens and I think um it's a beautiful thing and I think you get to see that with a lot of kid kids that become wrestling fans like our son my stepson is nine and he's just now understanding like ooh, what mama Ken's and dad does is really cool like I think he knew that we worked for WWE yeah but he now has a different he's looking at it with a new fresh pair of eyes um and I think for me it was almost that that moment the similarly kind of the same thing of you everything just clicks and you go like this is really cool and what we're doing and how a crowd can respond to one or two people in a ring like it's similar when you look at musicians and you look at performers and stuff but with WWE superstars and how big of an impact they can have on people so for me I think more so than anything it was just a click and it was like I get it I understand it I I'm able to do the backstages and be a fan at the same time as I'm learning all of this um and getting to have these real life experiences and, you know, as you've learned all of these experiences from from Impact, from your friends, from WWE, how do you think that you've grown as a person and profession professional through your work in WWE? Um, for starting back, dating back to Impact, I don't even know who that little girl was. I look back <laughs> on photos sometimes. I was fresh out of college. It was my first yeah. job out of college. Um, and like I said, I didn't grow up a wrestling fan. My family didn't watch wrestling. My aunt did back in the day, but like early, early years. And then my whole family, like they're very supportive of me in whatever venture I take. And so they started watching wrestling and being supportive. Um, so when I look back at the time of impact of like how little I did know, it's tremendous to see the difference in who I am now and how I've grown throughout the years and just how to respond in different situations when we're live or when I have to ad lib on the fly when we're doing a kickoff show or when I'm doing all these different things that I never thought, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. Now I'm taking that and really making it my own and going, yeah, check, check, check. I'm able to do all of that. And in, like you said, you've been able to become so well-versed in everything, you know, live tweeting, you know, backstage interviewing, uh, writing, all of these things. I'm curious, are you looking, as you're looking towards the future now, what are some professional skills that you'd maybe like to explore or perhaps hone in on more? Oh, well, I, I, when I was released from WWE, I was just kind of finding my own in ring announcing. Um, It's a completely different skill that you kind of have to find in your stomach rather than just talking as we're chit-chatting today and having that conversation. It's tapping into a different projection in your voice that takes a lot of skill and a lot of time. Um, And if you're not doing it right, 
your horse. You end up being hoarse and losing your voice because you're just straining your vocal cords. So it's something I'd love to continue to work on on my own of how yeah. to project my voice for a ring announcement. Announcement. Um, I always say one of my favorite things that I did in WWE was What's Next. I don't know if you were able to watch any of the shows yeah. that I did with Alicia Taylor because it was just so like we just had so much fun. We're like, what do we want to do this week? Okay, it's Valentine's Day. Great. Let's decorate the whole thing and with yeah. streamers and balloons and like wear crazy things and get to pull back the curtain a little bit with some of the superstars that you never got to hear from them of their personal stories and their life and get to just them be them for a little bit. But that allowed me to think on my feet. I think that's so that's such an important skill to have if you're a broadcaster, that if someone wants to take the conversation in a completely different direction, you know how to maneuver and say, we're having a different conversation or to get it back on track. And that's something that I learned um, in depth when I was doing it. what's next. Two more questions for you. You know, we're so excited for whatever the future holds for you with with headline, with um, you know, you have that secret uh maybe gig coming up. I'm curious for you. I know <laughs> before you said you're kind of open to a lot of options. You had some meetings today, probably about stuff. Do you, you know you got your start in TNA Impact there, rebranding into TNA? I'm curious. Do you have any interest in in maybe going back there, even I don't know as a one off. <clears throat> It would be a homecoming if I did come back to Impact. Um, all my, a ton of my friends still work there. Deanna Perrazzo, um, Jordan Grace, like Gail Kim. I absolutely love, love Gail, Gail Kim. We still keep in contact and just randomly will message occasionally. Um, so that would be really fun. I think if, if a unique situation presented itself to where it worked out with Impact, I could certainly see myself going back for a couple gigs. I just think we'll have to figure out when and if it makes sense for me in the path that I'm on in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we look forward to whatever lies ahead for you. You know, last question outside of the wrestling sphere. I know you have interest in potentially working in the entertainment and music businesses. I feel like Shania Twain might be one of these answers, but who are some of your dream interview guests within the entertainment and music industries? Mm, well, okay. I'm not particularly a Swifty. But I think having Taylor Swift on a resume reel would be like, I mean, wow, okay, yeah. you made it, you made it, right? So I think Taylor Swift would be a dream interview. Plus, I think she's so down to earth and just yeah. real. So it would feel very authentic. Um, let's see, I mentioned Beyonce before. I think Beyonce is so iconic. I'd love to have her for an interview as well. Um, and I don't know, I think that I think that those two are really strong players when we talk about interviews that mm -hmm. of course it would be a, a blessing to have several different celebrities but I think those are two major ones that you'd be like wow okay cool yeah I mean we've we've already tied together Taylor Swift in professional wrestling so it the 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 door is kind of already opened a little bit in that realm but yeah what I mean that would be two great names to add to your resume maybe it'll happen in you know crazy things have happened never say never especially in this world but Mackenzie yes. before we let you go can you please share where the listeners can find you online and support you in headline on socials I'm Mackenzie and Mitchell and then you can find headline at headline by MM it's in my bio and several of my posts on social media and then if you want to shop online it's headline by mm.com by the way I don't know if I've said this since I'm mentioning headline if you look at my logo the MM is how I sign my autograph. 
So that it's even more personal. I don't know if I've told that story really, but that's kind of how I came up with the name was I thought headline was so important because it really pertains to what I was doing and what I do as a job, making headlines, breaking news. And then the MM is very relevant when that's how I'm signing my autographs. So it feels very personal um, to me at least. And I hope that people can feel that at home. Yeah, it's also kind of a, a twist on a, a byline too, you know, M- M- by M- headline insert here and then by MM. It's kind of, yes, kind of a, a, exactly. It's a, it's a, I see you, Mackenzie. I see you. you see, I see you're you. picking up on what I'm putting down, right? Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. We look forward to whatever the future holds for you, whether it's in wrestling, entertainment, headline, maybe some, maybe you'll get that dream interview with Beyonce. We don't know yet, you know, but regardless, fingers crossed, girl, we right? are crossing our fingers for you. Mackenzie, thank you so much for chatting with me here today again it's been a super pleasure and an honor to chat with you here today thanks so much